0: The Money Pit is presented by Pergo and Mr. Beans. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is The Money Pit, home improvement radio show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Here to help you with your home improvement questions. we want to solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas. If it's a project you'd like to get done... You got the source right here to help you take that first step. Just pick up the phone and help yourself first at 1888 Money Pit 888-666-3974. As you look around your home, what is the one project you'd like to tackle before it starts to get super chilly? Have you gotten a, a heating bill yet? Maybe uh, that's an early warning shot across the bow that you want to step up your insulation and your weather stripping and your windows and your doors. We can talk about that. Whatever's on your to-do list, slide it right over to ours and pick up the phone and call us at 888 money Well, as the weather turns chilly, it might be time soon enough to light your fireplace for the first time. We're going to have this hour the how-to that you need to know to make sure your chimney, your damper, and your firebox are safe and good to go.
1: And has your electric bill ever given you a sticker shock? Well, figuring out how to reverse that trend starts with a solid understanding of where all that power is going. We're going to have the tips to do just that in a bit.
0: Plus, flooring is a very popular inside project this time of year. We've got advice on the best weather-resistant options on laminate. Plus, this hour, we'll shed
1: some light around your home because we're giving away the brand new Mr. Beams. It's the home safety and security lighting bundle. Now, that includes the new Mr. Beams ultra-bright ceiling light. It's battery-powered and can light large areas of your home, like closets and showers, sheds, or pantries for up to a full year.
0: That's amazing on a single battery. The total package is worth over 169 bucks so call us right now and we will shed some light on your home improvement project and maybe send you that Mr. Beams Home Safety and Security Lighting Bundle. The number is 1888 money pit. Let's get to it, Leslie. Who's first?
1: JJ in Michigan's on the line with a pink question. What can we do for you?
2: My father passed away in January and now I have his house. He and my mother were smokers for 20 years inside the house and well, my my father had, you know, washed the paint, I guess, inside. And I know he had attempted to paint the bathroom more than once, but it seemed to always keep bubbling and peeling. And I didn't know if, you know, between the smoke, the nicotine, I I was wondering how I'm going to... I am trying to renovate the house now. And so I was wondering what is the best approach. It's Some of the walls are plaster drywall, and maybe even right on concrete. I don't know if the plaster is over the concrete or not.
0: So you really have two issues going on here. You have the issue of the cigarette odor in the house, but then you also manage you have some problem paint surfaces where it's bubbling. I can tell you that if it's bubbling, you've got to take that paint off down to uh, the substrate because you can't put good paint over bad paint. But if it's the odor that you're dealing with, there are a bunch of things that you can do.
1: Yeah. You know, first of all, JJ, let me say I'm very sorry about your father's passing away. Let's talk about what's going on in the house, though. So you want to do some repairs. You want to try to get rid of the smoky smell. I think first of all you want to think about the places where the odor is and if there's any carpeting you want to try to pull up that carpeting and the padding because it really does saturate through that and then the subfloor you can go ahead and prime and i'd use like a good like a, a kills or a bin or one of those zinzer primers that will really seal in the odor and then you can go ahead and refloor on top of that or new carpeting whatever you like but that'll lock away the odors in there and same for the walls you want to clean them wipe them down with a trisodium phosphate some sort of like a wall cleaner and then go ahead and prime them the same way and then put a top coat over them. And Tom's right about the bubbling paint. You got to get as much of that off as you can, smooth all the surfaces, and then go ahead and prime as well. And that'll do a good job.
2: Okay. So you're saying a, a, a trisodium phosphate wall cleaner would be. Mm-hmm.
1: You'll find that in the paint aisle at the home center. It's a powder. You mix it up with water and then you can use that to wipe down your wall surfaces. It's just like a good prepping agent, especially if there's a lot of stuff going on, you want to clean things. Okay.
2: That sounds like uh, the missing link uh, that I was not aware of.
0: All right. Well, we're glad we could help you, JJ. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Annalisa in North Carolina is on the line with a sprinkler question. Tell us what's going on at your money pit.
3: I have a front yard sprinkler system. However, the heads uh, and lines have been buried from years of, I, I guess, you know, people just mowing and mulching. There's a bunch of deciduous trees. And I have no idea how to find uh, my sprinkler head short of tearing up the front
0: yard. Well, you wanted to tear up the front yard, but I think um, this is the kind of thing that I might suggest you use a sprinkler pro for because they're pretty good at finding those heads because they very often get sort of grown over. Um, and I and I would be shocked shocked if you didn't have repairs after not using it for all those years. So I would tell you to, to use a sprinkler company for this, but it's not the kind of thing that you, would require you to tear up your yard to find. You know, you can sort of follow the lines out and get a general sense to where they're going, and then put the sprinklers on and kind of watch. Even if they don't come through, you'll see where they're trying to come through. In terms of a little puddle and and uh, and then a little bit of digging later. Careful digging because you don't want to break the line. You'll you'll find that head and determine whether or not it needs to be repaired. But if it's not been run for all that time, I think you're gonna need some professional help to kind of get it back in, in, in shape. Okay? Got it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project, Annalisa. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. It's November, guys. Have you started practicing cooking your turkeys just yet? i know i am it's my favorite favorite.
0: you actually practice cooking the turkey
1: (laughs) well i make several turkeys leading up to thanksgiving because i really like it and then i don't get to enjoy it on thanksgiving so you guys what are you working on getting your home ready for the big turkey day and all the holidays that follow thereafter we're here to give you a hand so give us a call 888 money pit
0: 888-666-3974 up next are you looking forward to that first crackling fire We'll hold that match until you're sure your fireplace and chimney are safe and secure. We'll tell you what you need to know after this. You
1: live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors?
0: That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too.
4: The Money Pit is presented by ClickStudios.com, the smarter way to a designer kitchen. Submit your measurements at ClickStudios.com slash free and receive a free custom kitchen cabinet design. That's C-L-I-Q studios.com
1: forward slash free
0: making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. You'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus this hour, we're giving away the home safety and security lighting bundle by Mr. Beams. And it includes the brand new Mr. Beams ultra bright ceiling light. This is very handy if you need to light areas that say like a garage or a closet or a shower or a shed, and you don't want to run wiring to it. You don't have to because because this light is battery powered. In fact, each set of alkaline batteries provides about one year worth of light with an average use of eight to 10 activations a day. And remember, it's wireless, so you can pretty much put it anywhere you need the light. Inside, outside, you're good to go. It's got a diffuser that spreads the light out for a coverage area of 300 square feet, and it's worth $29.99. But the bundle includes several of Mr. Beam's products for a total value of $169. You can learn more at MrBeams.com, or pick up the phone right now and call us for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win that lighting bundle at one eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Greg in Texas is looking to do some construction. How can we help you?
0: I moved in with
5: my parents who are elderly and kind of needing some help. Okay, and so they had a three bedroom, one bath uh, house, and so it's just a little bit kind of crowded. And what I was trying to figure out is, is it, would it be better to add? a room on to the back of the house and, you know, go ahead and that would involve uh, more construction and, like, adding a bathroom, mm-hmm. which would, would mean having to redo the, the septic system, you know, the septic system there. Okay. Or it'd be a lot more cost effective, I think, to put in, like, a 12 by 16 storage unit in the back. And but then like inflate it and put an air conditioner where, if I wanted to spend some time out there, I could, but not necessarily put a, a bathroom in. So,
0: are you talk? You're talking about building this storage unit. You mean like building like a shed, kind of like a man cave.
5: Right. Yeah. When it comes time to sell, though, it, you know what would be the mark, the better deal to do. You
4: think?
0: Yeah, I I would tell you straight off, it's you're better off expanding the house now because that's where your value is. You're not going to get as much value from a standalone building like that. Uh, Plus, you may run up against some zoning issues. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, like like building a second house on the property, even if it's really small. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a small space for storage. It's still like having a second building on the property. So I think you're probably better off improving the house itself. Um, What you might want to do is speak to a realtor or to a local real estate agent and uh, determine what, you know, the value of your home will be compared against in your community, you know, if most of the homes are two bath and you have one bath, you could uh, add a significant value to the house by putting that second bath in. And if, if you're adding a bedroom and a bathroom, you know, that's how homes are valued. They're compared against other houses that have the same number of beds uh, or bathrooms. So I suspect that expanding the existing house is going to be, give you a far better return on investment than, than building uh, you know, a, a, an undetermined at this point sort of man cave out there. Even though I'm sure you'd love to go out there and get away from your parents once in a while, and I don't blame you, I, I, I think the best the best way to improve the value and maintain the value of the home you have is to, is to work at that level. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, appreciate it. All right, Greg. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Leanne Kansas on the line with a concrete question. Tell us what you were working on. I'm in an old house that I got in a survivorship, and it's got an old probably
2: was built in the '60s. I'm in uh, the prairie of Kansas. Um, it has an entryway concrete porch that just keeps cracking and cracking due to earthquakes. We had a pretty good one a week or so ago, and now it's really unlevel. Um, some of the cracks are small enough that I can fill and aren't unlevel. And I'm just wondering because I don't know—I don't live near a Lowe's or Home Depot or anything like that. It things like an hour and a half drive away. Um, there's a local hardware store about ten miles. Can you fill small cracks with? or do you need concrete or sacrete?
0: I don't know what the differences are. Okay, so first of all, the type of repair material you use is different than the type of material you would use if you were, say, pouring a new concrete slab. And you mentioned QuickCrete, That's a great brand. And they have a wide variety of repair products. Um, you have the option to repair the cracks. You could also resurface that concrete. There's a product for that. And in all cases, they, the difference between that type of a product, a repair product, and the original sort of concrete product is that the repair products are designed to adhere to the original concrete base. You know, if it's if anything is loose, of course, you have to pop that out and restore it. But um, short of that, there are plenty of concrete repair products that are out there. And, you know, you're going to obviously have to get yourself to a hardware store or lumber yard to find it. You can do some research online at their website, but you want to make sure you choose a repair product because it is designed specifically to adhere to those surfaces.
2: Okay. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Good luck. Well, fireplaces and chimneys have a big job to do, and making sure they're up for it is the key to your family's safety. And the best thing to do is to have a seasonal inspection done once a year that checks to make sure that the smoke and the fire and the embers and the ashes all stay where they're supposed to be and don't burn your house done. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that you have to do with that. It has to be done by a pro, and it starts with uh, checking for creosote.
1: Yeah, you know, your chimney should be checked for creosote at least once a year or after about 80 fires. So now, you can head over to the website for the Chimney Safety Institute of America and find a certified chimney sweep there.
0: Now, even if you got the inspection done and it's good to go, there's a couple other things you need to keep in mind to make sure it operates safely. First of all, whatever's in front of the fireplace, it's important to make sure it's non-flammable. So, for example, a non-flammable rug would be a good thing to in in front of the fireplace, because those loose sparks will jump out, and they could be damaging to your floors, or they could start a fire on their own.
1: Yeah, and if you don't already have them, you should have chimney caps. Get them installed. That's going to keep wildlife from using your chimney as a passageway into your home.
0: Also, make sure you keep an eye on that firebox. That's the area where the logs burn. It needs to be cleaned at least once a week during the months that you use your fireplace, and always leave about an inch of ash there. It acts as insulation. And remember, when you take ashes out of your fireplace, you need to put them in a metal container. You need to make sure they're out. You need to store it out of your house, not in your house, anywhere near anything that can burn. You got to get those out of the house to make sure they don't reignite and cause a big problem. And finally, if you have the chimney inspection done and the chimney sweep does recommend any expensive repairs, get a second opinion because I found from time to time that the guys that are in that business, well, they're not always the best in terms of giving independent expert advice. And we want to make sure you're getting just that so you do the right thing to keep yourself and your wallet safe and secure. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get back to those phones. Leslie, who's next?
1: Mike in Rhode Island's on the line with water in the basement. What is going on?
0: Well, it, it's not water, but it
4: it, it it sweats, is what I'm told. And uh, doing, I I own a, a two story uh, apartment. And I've come to find out that it was built on a swamp. And uh, after doing my research, uh, not my research, my son has done most of the research. He's a geek on uh, the Internet. And uh, I have COPD, and I was referred to a couple of plumbers, and then I got a referral from this uh, I mean, I got a couple of quotes from a couple of plumbers, and then I got a quote from a company called Pioneer Basements, who said they could solve the problem with a dehumidifier.
0: Have you ever heard of them? All right, so let me stop you. Let me stop you right there, Mike. So the moisture that you're reporting in the basement is not likely sourcing from anything underground. This is a very common question we get on this show. In fact, if you go to moneypit.com one of our most read articles is right there and it's about solving uh, damp and leaky basements. And waterproofers don't have the the market cornered on this. Generally the reason you have dampness and leaking and condensation in the basement is because the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter is off. And by that, I mean the downspouts are blocked. They're not discharging far enough away from the house, or the soil is flat, or the soil slopes into the house. So the the place you want to look for the solution here is not necessarily inside the house, but outside. After you get all of that done, certainly if you wanted to add a dehumidifier to that space to kind of finish it off, that's fine. But you need to stop by cutting back on the sources of the water, which will be outside. And it could be as simple as a downspout that's blocked or just discharging water right near the corner of the foundation. We see that all the time. And it's an easy fix to get them extended. And you'll be amazed at the immediate result of a far, far, far drier basement.
4: Hey, you know, I, I listen to you guys every weekend. I've got an old house. <laughs> and when I get a problem, I say, oh, good, yeah. I mean, like when you say from sticky windows, I said, knock the window down instead of up. And damn it, it
0: worked. How about that, huh? <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. You guys are extremely helpful. Thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Cindy in Illinois is on the line with a basement question. What's going on?
3: I've lived in my home for over 40 years and had no trouble with water in the basement. And then about three years ago, we had a terrible drought here. And it seems like ever since then, if we get a hard rain, I end up with water coming up through the floor of the basement.
0: So the reason you're getting water that comes up through the floor of the basement in the hard rain is because there's some defect in your drainage conditions outside the house. So you need to start by looking at the roof and making sure your gutter system is clean and making sure the downspouts are extended away from the house. It should be out three or four feet. If that's all in good shape, then I would take a look at the angle of the dirt around the house, the grade. If it's really flat or if there's an area where it's tilting in or you're getting neighboring water from runoff from a different lot or something of that nature, you've got to regrade to keep the water away from the house. The only way it's getting down there is it's coming from the top and pushing under. It's not a rising water table because that takes months to happen. If it's reactive to the rain, then it's a problem with drainage, Cindy. So you need to look carefully in that area, and I'm certain you'll find the cause of it and be able to stop it. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
1: Hey, are you wondering where all of your electrical dollars are going? Well, we'll tell you how to find out after this.
0: This is Kevin O'Connor from TV's
2: This Old House, the longest-running home improvement show. And I want to send out a big congrats to Tom and Leslie for the most downloaded home improvement podcast on iTunes. Well done, guys. the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick
3: up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet
1: home. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy.
4: Today's Money Pit is presented by Mr. Beams. Lighting solutions that can be installed in five minutes. No wires, no electrician, no kidding. Find Mr. Beams' lights at major retailers and learn more at mrbeams.com.
0: Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit, home improvement radio show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm
1: Leslie Segretti.
0: Hey, here's a quick way to check for drafts around your house. Uh, Close your windows and run the back of your hand along the edge of the windows all the way up, one side, down the other, and in between. If you feel those drafts, Think about the options for sealing them up. It could include caulking the windows from the inside or the outside. It could include weather stripping, or it could include an application of temporary weather stripping, which looks like a caulk and can be easily peeled off in the spring.
1: Murray in Illinois is on the line, and you need some advice on buying a new water heater. What can we help you with?
3: Well, my issue is I have a house full of females and myself, <laughs> okay. and we, have, we are having a issue with keeping up with hot water. I presently have a 40 gallon natural gas water heater and I was wondering if I could get your guys' opinion. Uh, the bathroom they shower ends upstairs, and we also have a washing machine up there and I was wondering what you guys thought of the instantaneous water heaters i've I've seen some small ones that it said would put out like three point three gallons per minute, and I had no idea what a actual shower takes, and I just wondering what you guys thought about that to supplement maybe the hot water heater.
0: Okay, so first of all, um, we are fans of tankless water heating technology, and so we do believe that if your water heater was failing, then that would be an appropriate thing to replace it with. In your case, you're talking about supplementing, which is a bit different because you really have to have your water heating, your water heating needs zoned into two separate loops if you want to supplement because then you have half on the on the tank water heater and half on the tankless. The issue of your water heater being located a distance from the plumbing fixtures that you want to use most frequently is not going to be solved regardless of what kind of water heater you have because the water still has to travel the same distance. But if you're concerned about running out of hot water, that's not going to happen with the tankless. It just won't. And you buy the tankless based on how many bathrooms you have in your house. And there'll be plenty of hot water to keep everybody in those bathrooms uh, showered for as long as they want to stay in there.
3: So you're saying just it's best just to replace the natural gas one I have and get like a whole house tankless?
0: Yeah, exactly. How old is that one you have now?
3: Uh, it's probably, I'm guessing, five or six years, maybe.
0: Yeah, so it's still pretty new. I mean, it, it usually lasts about 10 so you've got a decision to make, you know? I mean, if you're, if you're running out of hot water, then maybe it's worth, uh, worth doing.
4: Okay. I
3: appreciate your help very much. All Thank you.
0: All right, Murray. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Is your electrical bill giving you sticker shock? Well, figuring out how to reverse that trend starts with a solid understanding of where all that power is going.
0: That's right. And a good portion of that juice might be going to places you're not even aware of. So how do you find out where those electrical dollars are actually going? Scott Karen from TV's This Old House is here to tell us He's the electrical contractor on the program. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Tom. Hi, Lastly. Good to be back. So these electric bills can add up quickly. And when that happens, it's almost always a big surprise, right?
6: It certainly is. Boy, do I not look forward to getting that electric bill. But a lot of it is easily correctable if you know where it's coming from.
1: All right. So we've narrowed this down to five areas to check. So where do we begin?
6: Those vampire Devices. Basically any of those devices that have that black or white square that plugs into the outlet, it's a transformer. Okay. Even if the device is off, it is still using
0: electricity. So what's the solution? You can't plug it into the wall? What do you do? Use like a, maybe a power strip with a with a shutoff switch on it or something?
6: Yeah, that's good. I mean, certainly you can unplug it if you remember to, but that's asking the impossible. They have plug strips that are somewhat intelligent, that if it's not being used for a certain amount of time, meaning it's not drawing enough electricity to keep that uh, power strip on, it will shut it off and basically eliminate all that vampire
0: electricity being used. And I guess if you think about all the small electronics in our house, that can really add up. Let's talk about some of the big electronics. How about the energy hogs out there? Appliances (laughs) and things like that. What a
6: great terminology. Well, Certainly, the dishwashers and the clothes washers, and if you have an electric dryer, that's a big one. The water heater. I mean, people don't see the water heater, so they forget about it. But if you're heating up that 40 gallons of of water all the time, that's a lot of electricity. So I got a small solution for you. You know, run everything at full capacity. Wait a few minutes. If you have a half a load of dishes, wait wait overnight. Wait two nights. Just get it once so that you're really efficient. Same thing with the clothes dryer.
0: And I guess setting some of those appliances to run when uh, perhaps electricity costs are lower, a lot of times you have uh, different
6: electricity rates at night than during the day can be a, a smart approach too. Absolutely. A lot of electrical companies at night when their power producing costs are lower for the user and for them to make it is when they give you the best rates.
0: Now I guess the way you use your lighting inside your house can also have an impact. You know, We tend to want to light the entire room, but if we were to be a little more strategic with our lighting and just light the areas that we need, we can actually make an effort on cutting back on cost too, correct?
6: Now, wait a minute, Tom. That's where I draw the line. I love light, and I want it on in every room when I come into that room. However, you are right. It's expensive. LED lighting has certainly made it better so that we can leave the lights on longer. And dimmers are good. You can lower the light even more, but you got to shut it off when you're not using it. That's the best thing.
0: Now, I recently saw a uh, smart ceiling fan. That's another source of electricity that's run on essentially an occupancy sensor.
6: I mean, that's fantastic. If you have the ability to say that a room is occupied, leave the lights on, but as soon as someone leaves or within minutes after they leave to shut that off, there's no better thing. Now, they don't work really well in hallways because of your staircases. You want those illuminated. It's a safety thing. But certainly in a bedroom or a bathroom, they're
0: fantastic. So those occupancy sensors now can work for both appliances like ceiling fans um, and lights. That's right. Now, if we do have old appliances, it's always a good idea to go as efficient as possible when it comes time to replace
6: them, right? Yeah. I mean, o- old appliances, they, they do work. They have less technology in them. You know the old washing machine with a turn dial has less technology than something with a computer on board um, but they they do work. It's always a good idea though to get something that's energy star compliant they've really it's a good organization, and they've really drilled it down to some of the best things about saving electricity. I always
0: think energy star is, is a government program that works fairly rare. But it works really, really well. And they have they have manufacturers that compete against each other to make sure all of their appliances are as, are as efficient as possible.
6: Yeah. When you're buying appliances, there's really no reason to go outside their parameters. They, they're watching it and they know what's best. At the end, we're all about saving electricity. It's less power being produced and it saves the grid, saves everything. We're talking to Scott Karen, He's the electrician on TV's This Old House. So, Scott, aren't there
0: ways to measure exactly where electricity use is highest?
6: There is. So in my home, I have a watt meter that goes ties into the electrical panel. Very simple. It's a little device that goes up on the first floor in the kitchen. And what happens when you turn the lights on, you can see how much electricity that you're using. It's not that complicated. It's not that you have to get an engineering's degree to read this thing. If you have a thousand watts of lights on, it shows you that. And then once you shut the switch off, it shuts them off. It tells you how much it costs too per minute.
0: Knowledge is power. Scott Karen the electrical contractor on TV's This Old House. Great advice. Thank you so much for being a part of The Money Pit.
6: Good to be here.
0: And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Just ahead, if you're planning a flooring project this fall, one of the most important considerations is water resistance. We'll tell you what kinds of floors are best for damp versus dry areas after this. You live in The Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888 Money Pit. You will get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away the Home and Safety Security Lighting Bundle by Mr. Beams. Now, that's going to include the Mr. Beams Ultra Bright Ceiling Light. It's got a way super-duper bright light that's 300 lumens, so you can really light up large areas. And it's wonderful because you can use it for your shed, your pantries, anything. It's battery powered. So all you have to do is put in a pair of batteries and you'll get a year's worth of light. Features a unique diffuser and that's going to spread the light to give you a super wide coverage area of about 300 square feet. You can check out the ultra bright ceiling light, which is worth 29 bucks at mrbeams.com. But the whole package is worth $169. Check it out now or give us a call for your chance to win.
0: 888-666-3974. Well, if you're planning a flooring project this fall, one of the most important considerations is water resistance. Some floors do better in damp locations than others, and only a very select number of floors should even be considered where things like spills and splashes and even the occasional flood. Could occur.
1: Yeah, you know, carpets, it's a fine choice for first floors and above, but for basements, it's really not a good idea. Your basements are damp, and when combined with all of that organic nature of carpeting and padding, that can create the perfect breeding ground for mold and dust mites and a ton of other allergens.
0: Good point. And likewise, while solid hardwood is a beautiful choice for almost any room. If you use in a room that can get wet, you are asking for trouble. Hardwood can swell when it's saturated and it doesn't go back to its original shape when it dries. I mean, you'll be looking at a pretty expensive replacement project.
1: Now, one great choice for almost any location is laminate, and especially the new water-resistant laminates like the new Pergo Outlast Plus with Spill Protect 24, which you're going to find at the Home Depot for $2.79 a square foot. This is a water-resistant laminate flooring, and it can protect against spills that you might miss for up to 24 hours. Now, that makes it a perfect choice for any active household.
0: And here's one important installation tip that can improve the water resistance. The Pergo Floor uses a unique locking joint called a Uniclick joint, which seals out those spills for up to 24 hours. But to make sure the water can't seep around the perimeter of the floor, it's always recommended that the perimeter be caulked once the installation is complete. And there you'll have it, a very water-resistant floor. 888-666-3974. We'd love to hear about your flooring projects or your roofing projects or pretty much anything in between. Give us a call right now at one Money Pit.
1: Olin's on the line with a wainscoting question. How can we help you today?
7: Yes, uh, I was wanting to do some wainscoting in my living room, and uh, I'd seen some people do it with pallets, actually taking the the pieces off and using the slats for the wainscoting. And I know they do treat them with some chemicals and stuff, and as long as I run it through a planer and everything, would that pretty much treat it? as long as it's sealed up with the polyurethane and all that to keep it from being toxic with the children and stuff.
0: Well, I can't really answer that question because I'm not sure how they treat the pallets. And frankly, I've torn a lot of pallets apart in my day as as things have been delivered. And I never really had a concern about treatment and never actually can recall smelling an odor from the treatment.
7: Well, I I, I never would have thought about it, but I looked at at some pallet ideas online and I saw... Where some people had done wood floors with them and the lane's coating, and it just it looked stunning. Really, it was totally different looking from what you'd think a pallet would usually be, you know. Right. And so that's what gave me the idea, and I thought, well, that that would be a
4: cheap
0: idea to use. Yeah, and hey, it's an it's an it's an upcycling too, Leslie. I mean, you're taking something and reusing it in a new and creative way better than sending it to ground to a, to a, to a
6: dump yes yeah.
0: well I I wouldn't be personally too concerned about uh, treatment because I'm not sure that it that they are treated but I would say that if you detect any the odors and you're thinking that they're treated then you know it, the virtue of the fact that you're going to seal them will probably minimize that so I for me I don't think it would be a concern okay well that sounds good then. I appreciate it guys all right Owen good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit
1: Are you looking for ways to save money on heating this season, but you're a renter? Well, we've got some cost-effective solutions coming right up.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Sugretti.
0: Well, once it turns cold, lots of us start to think about how we might save on heating costs. Now, replacing windows, always a good idea. But what if you can't afford that or maybe you live in an apartment? You've got options.
1: Yeah, well, one of the best solutions is also one of the simplest. It's cellular shades. Now, these are the window shades that kind of look like honeycombs. You know what I'm saying? They're little pockets. And as it gets colder, those little pocketed shades will help insulate your home by trapping that frosty air at the window. Now, you can choose between a single, double, or triple cell. That's the number of pockets that are sort of layered next to one another. And that'll let you pick the right level of insulation for you. And in the summer, those same shades can cut back on the heat in your home by almost
0: half. Make a huge difference. And you can combine the cellular shades with drapes or curtains for even a stronger barrier against those drafts. And remember, the warm sun shines in from the south and the west. So when it comes to adding layers, the windows facing north and east should be your first priority. This way you can tackle those windows almost one at a time in terms of the ones that are going to give you the best comfort and reduce the energy bills the most. And then work your way around the rest of the room as the budget and the time allow. All
1: right. While you're online, post your questions just like Ronnie did from New York City, who writes, my home is 50 years old. Central air and heating were installed 15 years ago, which included five vents in the basement. An energy conservation expert suggested sealing off those basement vents since we don't use it as living space. But an HVAC expert says closing the vents is going to build pressure and strain the HVAC system. I want to save money each month, but not if it will cost me in the long run. What's the right move?
0: So I think that both... Um, conservation expert and the HVAC technician have good points here. And it really comes down to how the system um, is designed. If it it turns out that your blower is so strong that we think it's going to be strained by the closing off of those vents though, Ronnie, one thing that you can do is the blowers actually have multiple speeds. It might be that you can adjust the speed on the blower. The tech could do this, not you Um, because it's a wiring change, and run that blower at a slower speed. And um, this way, you may kind of be able to have your cake and and eat it, too. But um, if you are going to seal them off, it's not just a matter of closing them. I would actually take the old uh, supplies out and, and cover the, or repair the holes in the duct so you really have a, a solid connection there otherwise you're just going to have turbulence and leakage and that's not going to get you where you want to go. All right up next we've got a question here from Megan about kitchen cabinets and Megan says I have oak kitchen cabinets that are in good shape but I'd rather them be painted white. Can you paint oak cabinets? I've been told that the grain from the oak always bleeds through. Leslie, you've done a lot of kitchen cabinet painting, haven't you, over over the years? Have you ever run across that problem?
1: I have. Now, oak cabinets have a very deep, very intense grain. So I actually have a friend who is an amazing cabinet refinisher. He uses a spray technique that really is, is almost like a laminate spray or a lacquered spray, I should say, on top of the cabinet that creates a very solid painted surface. However, sometimes with the oak, you're still going to see the grain through, even though that paint is so Thickly put on in that lacquered sort of phase. So, what he does sometimes, and it depends, like, I don't mind the look of the grain sticking through, but a lot of people that are trying to get away from that with the oak, and that's why they're going for it towards that painted finish, he will fill in that grain very smoothly to give it a smooth appearance. Now it does take time and you can do it as a do-it-yourselfer. It It just does take the effort to prep the cabinets, fill in all of the graining, sand it down to a smooth surface, and then apply the painted finish. Or you can bring in a cabinet refinisher who'll take the doors and drawer fronts away, spray those off site, and then do the boxes at home. Totally up to you. Both are great, amazing finished products. It just depends on how much you love or hate, I should say, the grain.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you've got questions about your home improvement projects as the days tick by, you can reach us 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT, or you can always post your questions to the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com. Happy home improving. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself.
1: But you don't have to do it alone.